You're listening to the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. We hope that this podcast is a helpful resource in your daily walk with Christ. Now, here's today's sermon. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. Uh, we're going to turn to a few different passages tonight. We does anybody remember what we talked about last week? Is that the president back there somewhere? Uh, no, no, not because of the fall. No, no. Somebody said don't jump, and he says that all the time. If he sees anybody in a balcony, he starts a speech off, and he'll look up and say, don't jump. So, Am I the only one who knows this stuff? All right. I, I swear he has said it a hundred times in the last two years. But anyway, you all need to pay better attention. Second Peter chapter 2. Um, okay, verse number one says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. All right, so we, we left off last time. We're talking about um, what, is it, what is our belief, in, or why does our belief in the Trinity matter? Um, now, maybe you say, I don't believe in the Trinity. Well, we're going to show you tonight why you should. But why does it matter? And so we talked about this last time that uh, the Bible's clear, and we're going to show more of this tonight, but the Bible's clear that there is one God in three persons. Um, so what happens when a false view of the Trinity is perpetuated? Well, you get heresy. And in fact, he says there that even denying the Lord that bought them. There, there are religions, there are denominations, and they call themselves Christian, but they're not Christian because they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, oh no, they talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, uh, let's just, for instance, say Mormonism. Now, Mormonism, I am not attacking Mormons. I am not trying to degrade them or, or, or tear them apart. But their theology is unbiblical, and it is anti-Christ. Now, uh, that, that, and here's why. Because, uh, well, there's a lot of different things about their theology that is not biblical. But when it comes to the Trinity, they believe that there are three gods, basically. Now, they, they, um, what they will say is God is three beings. What do we say? God is three persons, right? Now, uh, Brian sent me a video that after last week, um, it was, um, it was uh, what was his name? Jeff Durbin, uh, who's an apologist and a pastor, and he confronted some Mormons on the street. And it's like an hour and a half long conversation uh, but the guy, they just kept going back, and he just didn't have scripture, but he kept saying, well, I don't know, I don't want to get into that, and stuff like that. Um, why? Because he had no scripture to back it up. But he kept, he just could not grasp that there is one God in three persons. But here's the thing, that's difficult for all of us to grasp, honestly. Now, we can't, and we should not just say, well, it's a mystery and we don't understand it. Okay? There are some mysteries in the Bible. But don't, don't attribute our lack of study to mystery, okay? Because the Bible does give us more than we want to sometimes under, or remember or know. Okay, so what, what about heresy? Heresy is not just a disagreement, but it is a divisive teaching that is destructive. He says at the end of that verse that it leads to their, it leads to their swift destruction. So um, what, give me a heresy. Let me ask you this. Is, um, 
uh, is, well, I'm not going to get into that. Tell me a heresy, okay? There's more than one way to God. More than one way to God. That's right. It, it is not just a disagreement, but it is, it is something that leads to destruction. Okay? What, what else? Yeah, Satan is the brother of Jesus, which is also a Mormon and others doctrine. Okay? That is destructive. What else? It's destructive, by the way, to the gospel, which when we destroy the gospel, we destroy those who are not believing the true gospel. Yes? Yeah. David Koresh. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. And that literally destroyed people, right? Physically destroyed people uh, because of heresy that was being taught. Um, let's see here. Um, is is denying the virgin birth heresy? Is, is Mary being perfect? That we, we know that as the Immaculate Conception of Mary. Um, is, that, is that heresy? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, Jesus, the swooning theory or whatever theory of, of Christ's death as opposed to the true resurrection. That is also, I mean, that is, like, that is the foundation of what we believe, right? Okay. I mean, and you could say, well, Mary being... Uh, if, if somebody believes that Mary was, was immaculately conceived, is that really foundational to what we believe? Well, no, but if you start, you start exalting Mary to a place of, of almost deity, that is destructive to our faith. Yes, Peter. Okay, so, um, but, th- but can we have some disagreements without it being heresy? Okay, what about this? What about women preachers? I think that that can be destructive, but the idea that a woman gets up in a pulpit and preaches, can she still preach the truth and people be saved? Well, yeah, I think they can. So I don't know that I would, I, I, that would say that's false theology it's, or false doctrine, but I don't know that I would say that that is heresy, although I think you're getting close. Rosie? Yeah, okay, baby baptism, praying to the saints, limbo or purgatory. Yep, okay. No God at all. Atheism? Yeah. Yeah, obviously these things are, I mean, without those, we don't have a faith, right? So, um, now, so we we do need to make sure that we don't call something heresy just because somebody disagrees with us on something. There, There can be things that we would disagree on. Uh, I think inerrancy, inerrancy of Scripture, not inherency, inerrancy of the Scripture is something that would be a would be considered a heresy, right? Because without that, you don't have the faith. We don't have anything to depend on. So, all right. So um, now, what I want to do is I want to go through some heretical views of the Godhead. Okay. So we're focusing now on the Trinity or the Godhead, and what are some heresy or some heretical views of that? So I'm going to give you some here. Um, number one, modalism. Has anybody ever heard of modalism? Okay, explain it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Okay, so modalism, this is easy to remember because modalism is the idea that God is in different modes at different times. Okay? So that, this is that, um, you know, God... Uh, well, let me read to you what's written and I'll expound on it. God appeared as a father in the Old Testament, as Jesus in the earthly ministry, and as a spirit in the present age. Now, there are some Pentecostal groups that hold to that now. Uh, the, but here's the thing. Um, it's almost like... I heard somebody say it this way years ago. It's almost like the Superman theory. That, that God, the Clark Kent, you know, he goes in the, the phone booth and he comes out as the Holy Spirit. You know, he goes in the phone booth, he comes out as Jesus. And so whatever mode he's in. And so it is a, um, it is a uh, uh, monotheistic view, but it is not the view of the God of the Bible. Okay? So modalism is one. Another part of modalism is some basically say that there, uh, God... God sent the Holy Spirit. God sent Jesus out as um, of His own essence, okay, but not not truly Him. And uh, an example of that might be if um, off of the sun, the sun spews out you know balls of fire, right? Every now and then, um, and our, we would see those coming off, and they are the essence of the of the sun, the physical sun. But we wouldn't call them the sun, although they have some of the same characteristics, and they have they have come from the sun. But would you say that those, when, they, when they're flying through space, that those are um, the sun? Well, no, of course not. But we would say that they're of the essence of the sun. And so some would say that about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, Arianism, this is named after a 4th century teacher, Arius. The view teaches that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were created by God the Father. Now, this, was, this, was, and this is an old theory. Okay? This is back in the first few centuries of the early church. Um, and, but at the Council of Nicaea, this was rejected by, by the Christians of that day. Um, uh, not, another one is adoptis, adoptionism. What does that mean? Take a guess. Well, who adopted who? God adopted Jesus and made him a god. Okay. So um, this view is that Jesus was an ordinary man until at his baptism. He was adopted by the Father and given supernatural powers and the status of son of God. And so some Unitarians hold to this view today. Um, again, it, it's, it's exalting Christ to a certain point, but if it's not exalting Christ as God and as the pre-existent God, the I Am, then it's not, it's not a true picture of the Godhead. Uh, next one is Unitarianism. This view holds that there is a single God with no distinct persons, whether Jesus or the Father is God varies. But many present-day Unitarians reject the pre-existence of Jesus, insisting that he began to exist at the virgin birth. Okay, so there's a lot out there. In fact, um, well, like Peter mentioned, um, the, the Mormons, they believe that Satan was the brother of Jesus. Um, they believe Jesus was created. Um, it, and by the way, that's, this is not the extent of the, the theological error in the, uh, of the Mormons. Um, Mormonism, and this is, not, like I said, this is not an attack on Mormons, but uh, on the people, but uh, Mormonism is not a Christian denomination. It is not a Christian religion, okay? Um, they, they, I w they believe that, uh, first of all, um, you, you're sent to earth, okay, I don't know, if, I don't know how far in this I'm going to go, but basically you are, uh, there, God, our God, was a person and he got to come and inhabit this planet um, or a planet in our solar system. And then um, he had uh, a wife. And then through that, they had children. And the children 
have to come to this earth, and so they beg to come to be born in this earth. They're born in this earth, and they grow up, and if they will be faithful to their religion, to Mormonism, to God, then they can grow up, and maybe someday they can achieve the status of being a God themselves and have their own planet that they can populate. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's... Uh, in fact, uh, there's a Mormon uh, talk radio host that I listen to sometimes, and he was talking. And whenever it's, whenever a story comes up about aliens, you know, I kind of blow it off. Well, he gets like excited about it, like, "Oh, they found aliens." Well, why? Because the, he believes that there are beings on other planets that, you know, that could show up here. Um, also, I, I, there was a story recently in the news about this uh, this lady who who sued her parents for for giving birth to her. Now, this isn't a true story. It was a, it was a, uh, what is that called? What? I can't hear anybody. I don't know. What'd you say? Oh, it wasn't satire so much as it was her trying to fool people. Um, what is it? I don't know. Anyway, it's not true. Um, I can't think of the word. So, uh, anyway, this story comes out that she sued her parents, and and at first they were fooled by the story. And so she's they in the story she says, I, you know, she sued her parents because I didn't ask to be born. And he goes, well, I actually believe that she did ask to be born, and that's what they that's what they believe that there is spirit beings, and you asked to be born on this earth so that you could become a god someday. Okay, so their view of the Trinity is not their only doctrinal error. Okay, um, but they will say. Jesus Christ is a Savior, died on the cross for your sins, was buried three days, rose again the third day. Mormons believe that. Is that the gospel? Well, it's the gospel if it was the same Jesus. But it's a different Jesus. Okay? Because Jesus, that the Jesus we know, uh, was not created. He was not the brother of Satan. He is God. Okay? So it's a different Jesus. All right. Let, let's go on. Uh Subordinationism, this is that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are eternal, divine beings, but they are of lesser nature than the God, than, than the Father, I mean. Okay? So they're kind of God-ish, but God the Father is the best. Okay? Uh, where would they get that from? You remember when Jesus said, the Father is greater than I, and I do the will of my Father? So we could see that Jesus is subordinate, but what's the difference? What's the difference in that view, the scriptural view, that Jesus, where Jesus said, my father is greater than I, and uh, subordinationism, which Jesus and the Holy Spirit are eternal divine beings, but they are of lesser nature than the Father. What's the difference? Okay, let's talk about marriage. We talk about men and women, and we say what? That they are of equal value, but of different roles, right? See, that's, that's, the, that's what we have with God, with the Godhead, is they're all equally of the same nature, of the same value, but they are of different, they have different roles. John 17? Yeah. 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 So, because Jesus said, I and my Father are one, right? But then he says, my Father is greater than I. And so if you cherry pick out some of those verses, you can build a, a doctrine like this. 
But you can't build that doctrine with all of Scripture. And we have to understand that Jesus is saying, I and my Father are one, but we have different roles. We're going to get to more of that here in a moment. All right, tritheism or polytheism. And this would be the, uh, the Mormon view, um, well, for the most part. The three persons described in Scripture are actually three distinct gods. Okay, That they are three beings. All right, now that being said, um, what is the difference... Okay, so some would say there's a contradiction. That we say that there's one God, but then we also say that there are three gods. That there are... Now, here's a contradiction. Cannot, you cannot have uh, a contradiction in theology. Okay? Um, I've heard people say, well, these two doctrines, they're parallel lines that meet in eternity. Well, I think Charles Spurgeon used to say that about something. Uh, parallel lines don't meet. So they weren't parallel lines if they meet in eternity, unless they go through a refracting... Anyway... Um, but the, we can't we can't hold to contradiction, okay? Because if we say, uh, okay, well, there's a contradiction here, but we just have to we just we can't we can't understand it. We, that's a contradiction is not what we hold to, okay? So what's the difference in beings versus persons? God is one being and three persons, okay? So what's the difference? Are you a being? Is everybody here a being? Yeah, I am. Okay, good. Three of us are. Um, are you a person? Okay. Um, a being is what you are. A person is who you are. So God is one being. He is one essence. He is one... Uh, he, he is just... He's, he's one... Um, I can't think of the word, but... He is not more than one. He is one, okay? So then persons, though. Now, we think of it as a being and the person really go together. They're kind of the same thing. In, in human nature, it is. But you ever know somebody with a split personality or, you know? Um, we might say that they have two persons. What's the difference between that and God, though? Well, modalism would say... God's three persons, it's just he's three persons at different times. He can't be two people or three at the same time. And you can't, if you're, what's the word for somebody who has a double personality? Schizophrenic, maybe? Okay, if somebody's schizophrenic, they can't be both people at the same time. They can, they can only take on one personality at a time. But God is three persons, but he's one being. And God's three persons can go do different things at the same time. Yes, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Peggy's in, in marriage, we see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Peggy was saying, that when, when we come together in marriage, we're one person. We're one flesh. Not one person. We're one flesh. One essence. One being spiritually, that we also then have two persons. Because we are still very different people than each other. Right? That's a good thing. Rosie? Question. Yeah. So, because we're visual, when we get to heaven, are we going to see that and see Jesus and see the Holy Spirit? I think we will only because uh, he, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So, when we get there, I think that we will see them as different persons, but still one God. Um, yeah, that's a good question, though. 
So, all right, so there is a difference in being different persons. Now, let me ask you this. Um, who do we pray to? Peggy brought this up to me, I think it was last week, all right? Who do we pray to? Okay, Peggy says Father. Ronnie says all three. What's that? We pray to God through Jesus, you said? To Jesus. Yeah, okay. Which, so, uh, through the Holy Spirit, you said, right? What else, Jeff? But in Hebrews, doesn't it say that he's our intercessor? So wouldn't we pray in his name, in Jesus' name? Yeah. Through the Father. Okay, so Jeff says he's our intercessor, so we pray th- through Jesus, right? To, to Jesus, so he's the intercessor, Okay. So uh, I watched a video on Charles, with Charles Stanley on this, and um, he made the case that because the three are one, that you can pray to any one of the three. Now, the, um, I, I'm going to tell you that I don't quite agree with that, but I understand where he's coming from. Um, so and the, what Jeff said, okay, we pray, Jesus is our intercessor. We pray basically, but who do we address it to? Who did Jesus address it to? Well, he addressed it to the Father, but he really wasn't going to address it to himself, right? So, you know, um, but we, but that's the model prayer, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Did I miss it? That's, that, did, I, did I miss that? For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen, right? Well, he didn't, he didn't say in Jesus' name. But with what Jeff said, that's, that is how we pray typically. We pray. I, I typically try to I used to say, Dear Jesus, and then I changed it and I started praying, Dear Father, Heavenly Father. Um, because I'm directing my prayer to the Father, but then I pray in Jesus' name. I pray through the intercessor. Charles Stanley made the case that since we're praying to all three, or since we're praying to one being, we can pray to all three. Um, he said that there are times where he, when he would pray, that he was about to do something. He said, I'm about to do something for the Lord, and I want the Lord to be in it. I want his power on it. And he would say something like, Holy Spirit, come on me or help me through this or something like that. Now, do I think God would, I ain't listening to that prayer because he addressed it to the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't think so. In fact, the criminal on the cross, what did he say? Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. So he addressed it to Jesus. So I, I, I wouldn't make a big issue of it. I think it's a better policy. I think it's a better habit to pray as, as we see in Hebrews that we pray, to, or as Jesus prayed or to our Father in heaven, but then we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, but I'm telling you, if, if, you're, if you're praying, I'm not going to beat you up about it. All right? um, I, I, I don't know that we have a mandated way that that has to be done, but I think it's good, good practice to pray to the pray to the Father through Jesus. Yes? Okay, so um, you know, I pray sometimes you know, for the Holy Spirit to speak to someone's heart. Stop right, hold on. But, if you're doing that, the Holy Spirit never does His will. Right? So Ronnie said that she sometimes she prays that the Holy Spirit would do something, move some, in someone's heart. The Holy Spirit is not going to move in the heart of someone unless the Father directs, Right? The Holy Spirit and Jesus only do the will of the Father. So, um, I mean, usually I forget about it, but I mean, anytime I pray, I'm like, 
If, if something sounds Catholic but it's biblical, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had somebody, I prayed one time, and somebody said to me after they said, I prayed in public, and they said, man, you sounded like a Calvinist. Because that person was definitely not for that. And I said, did I pray what the scripture said? I think I quoted scripture when I prayed. And he's like, yeah, you did. I'm sorry if it sounded like that, I, but I, I quoted scripture in my prayer, uh, so I'm not too worried about you know if it, Catholic. I've been in a lot of Catholic masses; they sing Amazing Grace too, you know. Uh, I'm just trying to be a biblicist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who who said that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Peggy said, I said it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Peggy's saying if we want to be like Christ, Christ prayed to the Father. Yeah. So, and, but again, we're, we're not even really asking. We're asking, what we should be asking in our prayer is not for our will to be done on earth, but God's will to be done, right? So we, we're praying to the Father, that his will would be done through the Holy Spirit. Um, but yet, Jesus said that if I go, like that, that it's better for you, right? It's better for you if I leave, and if I go, I'm going to send the Comforter to you. Well, who sent the Comforter? Jesus did, according to that. Unless Jesus was like, it was like tag team, and Jesus was like, okay, you know, you're my tag team partner, you go now. Um, I, 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 guess, I guess my point is, I'm not sure that there is a uh, a hard line that we need to take on that. I think that the example in Scripture is that we pray to the Father through Jesus Christ as our intercessor. Uh, because if we go to Jesus with something, he's going to go to the Father with it anyway, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, think, I, think it's, I think best practice, I think most biblical practice is to pray to the Father through Jesus. But if, you, if, if someday you're, you're driving down the road and you see something that scares you after death and you say... Uh, Holy Spirit, help me. Uh, okay, you know, <laughs> I think I think God understands. You know, but I think it's a good good practice to be in to pray to the Father. Yes, Judy. So the Bible says that we should not have vain repetition. Repetition's okay. Now, I think it can be dangerous, and I think we are too repetitious sometimes, especially when we pray in public because we say, or when we pray for dinner, right? You know, we just, we pray the same thing. Um, but the issue isn't repetition. The issue is vain repetition. It's kind of like, you know, money's the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, so I think that it's, but I, I think that we should. I mean, doesn't, isn't God big enough and glorious enough and, and majestic enough that we can find different ways to pray to him? and bring out different aspects of what he's done for us or what he's done in, in creation or whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of repeating prayers necessarily, but it's a, we, I gave you the book last year, praying uh, to pray the Bible, right? And, and one of those is going to Psalms and pray the Psalms. And I, the, the Jews repeated those as songs, but 
they're talking to God, right? It's a prayer, basically. So I think it's okay. I don't think it's wrong to be repetitious. It's wrong to have vain repetition. Yeah, I think the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I think that us going to God over and over and over, he never gets tired of that. Asking for the same thing. Like my kids ask me twice and I'm like, you already asked me that, leave me alone. Right, but God's not like that. He's much better than me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Rosie, you had, a, you had your hand up? In Scripture, you see Jesus draw glory to himself. You see him draw glory to the Father, but the Holy Spirit never draws glory to himself. Yeah, so I th- I, that's, that's why I'm saying, like I said, Charles Stanley, I can disagree with him on things, and I, and I, and I think I disagree with him on that, that it doesn't matter. But again, I'm not judging someone's heart. It's really about the heart, right? And if, if your heart is, man, I thought I was talking to God all these years, and I was, and I was praying to Jesus. Oh, my goodness, I missed it all. Like if you pray, dear Jesus, come into my heart, you know, that prayer didn't save you, your heart, your heart to God, God saved you through your, your heart's repentance and faith. But does that mean you weren't saved because you didn't address it to the Father? Praying to the wrong person but the wrong God, is that what you're saying? No, no, the, the wrong the person wrong, but the right God? Yeah, it's a good question. That's a good question, Rosie. I'm going to ask God when I get there. All right, but chances are you already know. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man! All right, I got to move on. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Okay, uh, let's do this. Let's go to uh, actually somebody. Give me Acts chapter 28, verse 25. Micah. I see you look excited to do that. Acts 28, 25, and then uh, Mike, will you go to Isaiah 6, 8? Can you go to Isaiah 6, 8? Okay. Mike has got Acts 28, 25. I should give you a microphone because every time we do this, I, people online, they say that they can't hear you talk. But, oh well. Where is it over here? Just one verse. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. Okay, so say that last line. The last phrase. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. Okay. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet Isaiah unto our fathers. Okay? Mike, read that Isaiah... Six eight, I think, or eight six. What was it? Six eight. Yep. Six eight. 
Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Okay, so uh, in, in Micah's passage, it said that the Holy Ghost spake, but in Mike's passage where he was quoting from, it said, Who spake? The Lord, right? So what does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is one with the with the Lord. So the Holy Spirit spoke according to the New Testament. The Lord spoke according to the Old Testament. So maybe sometimes we try to draw the distinction too much when he's like, we are one. We're one being. But we do have three persons. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people say Jesus lives in me, and you go, "Well, the Holy Spirit lives in you," but Christ dwells in me by His Spirit, right? So, is it wrong to say that my Lord lives within me? No, I mean, is it probably a little bit? Well, wouldn't you say more accurate? Because the Scripture is accurate. So, good point, Mike. All right, let's let's do this real quick. What does it matter? Okay, what does this matter? Why does this matter that we believe in the Trinity? Well, first of all, I want to point out something. Church, council, church councils, doctrinal creeds, these carry no authority for us, okay? So we can go back to the Council of Nicaea. We can go to the Creed, the Apostles' Creed. We can go to this. We can go to that. Um, when it's put in the man's words, it has no authority for us. But through those things, we can see all the way back to the 4th century that early Christians confirmed the acceptance of the doctrine of the Trinity. Well, I mentioned earlier that back at the Council of Nicaea, which is back in 325 A.D., the, uh, the idea of Arianism from the, the man Arian was rejected uh, by the early church. So it was this doctrine of the Trinity has been accepted, although the word is not in the Bible. So many people, they take statements about God. Uh, they'll, they'll say something like about God, and we get excited, right? We're like, hey, this politician's talking about God. And we go, yeah, all right. And then we find out later that they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and so it's not offensive. It's not nearly as offensive in our culture to say God. It is, it is offensive to talk about Jesus Christ. But we're really talking about the same being. Uh, so some religions will even talk about Jesus being the Savior that died, buried, rose again. But their concept of who Jesus is is faulty from the start. The Jesus of the Bible claimed to be God. He claimed to be one with God. He claimed to do his Father's will. He claimed to be the I Am. He claimed to forgive sins and countless other claims that lead to the truth of the Trinity. The only way to understand John chapter 1 is to understand the Trinity. That's the only way to make sense of it. Um, so why is this important? Because to reject that Jesus is God is to reject his own claims about himself. And so it rejects scripture. It rejects Jesus as fully God and fully man, eternally existent. Without being fully God, Jesus would not have been qualified to pay the penalty for our sins. And without... Why? Because we sinned against an infinite God. The only way to redeem that is for an infinite God to pay that price. And it requires an infinite God to satisfy the debt. What was that? A sacrifice of infinite worth. And it also took him being fully man to pay for man's sins... Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, equal with the Father, one with the Father, was the only one who could be the atonement and achieve the redemption for the fallen human race. So he had to be fully God, 100% God, not, not lower than God, 
He made himself lower than the angels, became man, but he never became less than God. He was, he was always fully, truly divine. Um, all right, let me, let me read this here. Oh, you know what, Rosie, that actually makes, reminds me of something. Um, some people will say, and I understand where they're coming from, but I, I was thinking about this today. Um, I had a long drive, so I was thinking about this. Um, people will say, we're made in the image of God, we are a trinity, right? You know, because people will say, well, to, to describe the trinity, we'll use an apple and say there's the core, the, the flesh, and the skin. Um, there's uh, or an egg. There's the yolk, the shell, and the, and the white. Let's, are those? Do, do we get a point across? I think we do, but do we? Does it fall short? Oh yeah, very false, very far short. But when you think about the fact that even us, body, soul, spirit, I believe that that is one of the ways that we are made in the image of God. I believe that's what its primary reason when he says we're made in His image and He created us. I think He made us three parts, whereas He made animal kingdom only two parts. Body, soul. There's no spirit. Um, but here's an interesting. I was thinking about this. The word Trinity means what? Try. Yeah. But where's what's the nitty part mean? Unity. Try unity. And I tell you what. There's so often my body, soul, and spirit are not in unity. My flesh is saying one thing. My spirit wants to do something, but my fle- but my soul is saying no. Or my soul wants to do something and my spirit is saying no. God is perfectly in unity. There's never an argument. There's never a debate. Um, they, they fulfilled their roles as three different persons, but as one God. I hope this is helpful for you. I hope it's been helpful to have this discussion because this is a core foundation of what we believe. And if somebody comes to you and they say, no, I'm a Christian. I don't believe Jesus was like God. Well, then they don't believe in the same Jesus that I believe in. If you said, you know what, um, I know Ashley, and that's not, um, but that's not Stephen's daughter. Well, you might be talking about Joshua's daughter, and who is still Ashley, but she's not the same Ashley that is my daughter. Right. So, if somebody says, hey, I, oh no, I, I believe in oh. Jesus. Uh, uh, Muslims believe in Jesus, but it's not the same Jesus. And so, it's important for us to understand that that the Holy Spirit is a person. It is not just a, a, a force or a, a being or an essence or a, just this feeling. or It's not just God's way of moving mysteriously with like radio waves. right? The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus Christ is a person. And until, uh, until, he, became, until he was conceived by the Father in Mary, uh, by the Holy Spirit in Mary, before that he was a spirit being. Now he's both. He's still fully God and he is still fully was incarnate and he still has a body right so um, it's important for us this is a core foundation of what we believe all right um, now I'm going to let you decide this are you enjoying the exposition and now we're, gonna, we're not going to do it tonight because I know you'll be against it because it's 8 o'clock um, are you enjoying when we go through scripture and we, expo- we exposit scripture has that been helpful to you okay so Brian if you don't mind Brian's going to do the next lesson but we're going to maybe wait another week so two weeks from tonight. Does that sound good? Oh, sure. More time to prepare. Okay. Uh, so next week we'll do some exercises and exposition, and then I'll probably add some more stuff to it. That'll, and then the week after, Brian's going uh, to teach the Wednesday night lesson. Okay? All right.
Any, we've had enough questions. We've got to pray. All right. Let's pray and let's be dismissed. Father, thank you so much. Uh, knowing that you are the creator, but we also know that Jesus is a creator. The Holy Spirit was there hovering above the waters. We know at your baptism, that we know at the baptism of Jesus, that Jesus showed up there. Um, then the windows of heaven opened up and you spoke about your son, that you were well pleased. Then the Spirit descended on him like a dove. We see there the Trinity. We see that you are three persons. Um, three different roles, three different um, uh, ways of operating, but you are always in complete unity as the Trinity. We thank you for this teaching. I know it's not easy to understand. It's not easy for our minds to grasp, but we can certainly see here this truth and why it's important for us to know. Help us to know the foundation and the core doctrines that we need to know so that we can uh, be a better witness. Help us not to use what we learn to to degrade others or to demean others. Help us to use it to be able to reach others with the truth that can change their lives, the truth that can set them free. And uh, Lord, help us to be better witnesses because of us knowing our Savior and our God more. Thank you for joining us today on the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about First Baptist Church, visit us online at fbchazelpark.com.